Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox. Today, I'm speaking with Judy Redlick, host of Encounter on Bot Radio Network in St. Louis, Missouri. Among working in fields such as radio and television, Judy is a worship leader at her church. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, David. How are you this morning? I'm great. Uh, we were mentioning earlier that there is a heat advisory for St. Louis. There that's, is. Uh, that's the first one I've heard of this year. Oh, no, no, we've had them. But okay. anyway, that's because okay. you live in Illinois and I live in Missouri. That's right. That's right. Um, so first, let's talk about your work in radio and television. You're part of some some very cool things in St. Louis. Well, I am part of Bot Radio Network, and I host the Encounter Show on Tuesdays at 2 on um, three stations of the Bot Radio Network, and then it's posted on the St. Louis page for anybody to listen to anytime. So I do that for Bot, and then I'm doing some stuff for NLEC-TV, which if any of you um, used to listen or watch KNLC Channel 24, I um, do some stuff for that is now pretty much a digital station in LEC TV, or you can get it on channel 24 digital two on your television. I remember that back in the day, I'm 47 years old and I lived in this area when I was younger, uh, moved away after high school, but I remember channel 24 and Larry Rice and uh, Feed the Hungry and, and those organizations uh, on, uh, on that station. And all of that is still going today. It's just that we saw so, they sold off channel one to me TV. And so uh, that now they use channel two digital channel two. And then the uh, KNLC still runs a lot of the same programming that they ran maybe five, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and people go out on the streets every day looking for homeless and working with the homeless. In fact, my husband is vice president of New Life Evangelistic Center. That's one of his jobs is he supervises the patrolling every day and people going out on the streets. Oh, wow. I didn't know that um, that, that was a thing. I knew that you had the center where people could come to you, but I did not know that that was a thing to go out to them. Well, the building at, New, at 1411 Locust Street has been closed for six years. And so they have their main offices in Overland, Missouri, and that's where they operate most of the things that they do in Overland, Missouri. And so that is one of the things they do now because they don't have the building open at 1411 Locust Street is they do a lot of street outreach. Okay. And they're working to get the building open. And if any of you would love to contribute, that would be a blessing because um, New Life Evangelistic Center is listener supported. And it's it's uh, people supported the ministry and they work with homeless all over the area. And also they have centers in Springfield, Marshfield, Jefferson City. They have a renewable energy center in Jefferson City or New Bloomfield, which is near Jefferson City. And so they make renewable energy to run various things. And um, it's and they have a farm where they have goats and cattle and things like that. So. What they do now is when someone wants to get off the streets and they want to get right with Christ and give their life to Christ, then what they do is they send them to one of those places out of St. Louis so that they can get freed from drugs or alcohol and get their life together on track. And then a lot of them um, are trained in skills 
like broadcasting skills still, like we did from the olden days. And wow. a lot of them uh, work on the farm and help with the animals. So it's a life-changing, can be a life-changing thing for someone that wants to really get their life back together. That is wonderful. I had no idea that they did all those things. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about your um, your role in leading worship for your church. And um, we haven't mentioned this until now, but this is this is one of the very interesting things I wanted to interview about. Um, for our listeners, Judy is visually impaired, and she is doing all these things and leading worship uh, in that capacity. And so how does this work? I mean, um, I, I, I haven't asked you about this before this day, um, but, I, you know, my, my wife leads our worship and I play the guitar mm -hmm. and sing along with her. She picks out the songs and we're, you know, passing them out to the different people and, and work with things. How do you do that as a visually impaired person? Well, okay. So I've been doing music forever. I was, a, um, when I started playing guitar in seventh grade. And so when I came to Lutheran South, I was part of the guitarist team and we played in chapel and different things like that. So that's kind of when my musical things started. And I played guitar all my life. Guitar is my uh, main instrument that I play. I tinkered on the keyboard when I was four. So uh, and and from then on, I'm a I can play keyboard, but I'm an emergency keyboardist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know how that I like goes. I like that term, emergency keyboardist. That's there nice. are some instruments <laughs> that you can play, but you don't consider yourself professional in those instruments. Anyway, so um, I kind of went after high school. I went to college. Was involved in choir throughout my whole gosh music career. I was involved in in choirs and. And, you know, learn the leading styles of the choir directors. I, we had a very great choir director when I went to Lutheran High School South. He was excellent. And he did a lot of music training and I took some music theory classes. You didn't ask for all this, but. No, that's great. To give you a little background. So I le learned the contrapuntal parts of music. And Say, uh, say, say that word again. Contrapuntal. Contrapuntal. That sounds German. Contrapuntal. And. Music critics might say I'm using it wrong, but that's where you learn all those little things like one, four, five, and, you know, little things that help you, uh, FAC, every good boy does fine, you know, the, the, the rudiments of music that help explain it in your head or how you can explain them, explain it to others who are needing to know that information. So it's really good to have that stored back in my memory. And then um, after college, I went out and uh, I spent nine months in Oregon. Friends encouraged me to come out and do some folk singing. And that was the days of Peter, Paul and Mary and Joni Mitchell and Judy Collins and nice. James Taylor and uh, all those fun musicians. And I sang a lot of that stuff. And we, um, sang in coffee houses, sang in, and I, and I also in fifth grade learned to play the clarinet and I had to play it by ear, uh, braille music. When you're visually impaired, you have to sit there and memorize mm -hmm. the music. I remember two things. Number one, when I took clarinet, I had some braille music, but it was easier for me to just listen to it and play it back. Yeah. And so I took my little uh, Craig 212 reel-to-reel tape recorder to band every day. That was when the tape recorders first came out in seventh grade, when I was in seventh grade. And um, 
So I took that and I would record the music and I would just practice along with the recording. And so I was playing clarinet all through, um, you know, junior high and high school. And I also played a year of saxophone. No, let me see. What did I play? No, I played bass clarinet. Yeah, I played bass clarinet for one year. That was so fun. Do the unpause and things like that. Nice. But um, then after I got out of college, after I went to Oregon, then I came back. And, um, that's when I kind of gave my life to Christ totally and got involved in the New Life Evangelistic Center. And they were starting the TV station and they needed somebody to do public relations. And uh, so... I started there to do that and on sundry different jobs. But one of the things that we had was a coffee house in the basement of the Park Avenue house at 2107 Park Avenue. And it was like an old coal cellar. Mm. And so people who loved contemporary music at that time, you know, Paul Clark and uh, Andre Crouch and some of those. So we, uh, we played those and people would come in on Fridays and Saturday nights and sing. And then it revolved into a church service. So I led uh, praise and worship at the church service with my guitar. And then I started using the keyboard. And, uh, and then, gosh, as we were involved in churches, um, I went to West County Assembly of God. My husband and I went there for um, several years. And I we played in the orchestra. So... We oh, weren't wow. a praise team, but I played clarinet in the orchestra and he played his trumpet. It was so fun. That's great. And then uh, came back. Then when uh, then I just, then we got involved at Trinity Assembly of God and I was on the worship team, but never started leading until about 2012. And our family then started singing with us. We have two kids, David and Melody, and they started singing with us and we did different things and we had other people on the praise team but you know that was kind of fun to have the whole family involved and so i've been kind of doing it ever since then and we've had different people make up the praise team uh right now we have a keyboardist uh who's really a jazz keyboardist so he likes to shoot the jazz in oh man i love all those like minor 11th chords and and oh yeah you throw in there to make it yeah yeah yeah, that's for sure. Well, our kids both play drums. Our David, our son David plays on his worship team at uh, Jubilee Church in South City. That's great. And uh, Melody and Jeremiah do not do anything with music because they are playing with three little children under six. So that keeps them from doing anything much extracurricular except little kid things. Yeah. Anyway. I love a good family band. We, uh, me and my wife have been training our uh, kids to uh, play some different instruments and they've, they've, they've been on stage with us a couple of times and, oh. uh, just f fun little things. Um, and now they're getting, kids are how old? well, now they're getting into the sport. So the youngest one is 12 and then we have 14 and 16 boys and then uh 18 year old daughter. And so she's going off to college, but she's, um, she would sing a lot with us. Uh, and the boys would play a little bit when we'd go to the nursing homes before COVID. Uh huh. Great. Yeah, it is so fun to have your family there and and uh, doing things together. You got to watch the dynamics sometime, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's fun. So I don't that brings you kind of up to date. So we have a keyboardist. We have a drummer. We have uh, I play guitar. I mainly play guitar. I mean, I have a banjo. Mm -hmm. In fact, I just went to a bluegrass 
how to, and that was um, the end of May to learn more about my banjo and how to play bluegrass riffs. riffs. Yeah. Do you so do uh, claw hammer or rolls? Yeah. I, you, you know, I like them all. I just don't know how to play them all. Yeah, I, I may be using those terms incorrectly. <laughs> I had a summer with a banjo and I was doing some uh, research on that. And so I don't remember if claw hammer is a type of roll or claw, claw hammer is a style and roll is a style. I, I can't okay, well, I don't know. Okay, good. I don't know those terms. All he did was say, do this and do this. And he had a different, different terms for them. So I now listen to a lot of bluegrass. Nice. Well, we're def you know, definitely going to have to jam sometime. Uh, yeah, and you know, there, there is a song which I really want to learn. It's called a, a "There's a Place for Farmers in Heaven," and it's uh, a bluegrass song. It's really cool. I and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to learn that song. It's about how the well. Anyway, if y'all want to listen to it, go to nice. Google and Spotify nice. or whatever, and listen to it. But it's really a cool song. So. I'm starting to get into bluegrass more, but um, so we have three vocalists, uh, drummer, keyboard, guitarist. Is that what we have? Yeah, that's what we have for right now. Okay. What about the dynamics of your group? Do you have a particular way you like to set things up or you just kind of let things happen as they may? Um, yeah, we, uh, I send everybody the final song set in the middle of the week. And um, one, the, the sound group, we, we use CCLI licensing. So mm -hmm. one of the people in the sound booth grabs them off of CCLI when, when they have them for Sunday morning. And then when we all get there, we tune up our, we get out our instruments, tune up our instruments, set up the sounds set, um, practice for 45 minutes. And then we all meet for prayer uh, with the rest of the church. That means for prayer before service. We all pray, of course, before we start practicing as well. And we adjust any keys that need, be, need to be adjusted on Sunday morning. Um, our keyboardist is pretty flexible and I'm flexible. So that works out well. And that's pretty much how we do it. What about stories of success and failure and things that you've learned from? Well, I can tell you, if anybody, anybody we, we do Facebook and Facebook really doesn't do justice to music. No. And so <laughs> it's not good to listen to our services on Facebook. If you're, you know, it's better to come. You can come to Trinity Assembly of God on Jameson and Chippewa, the corner of Jameson and Chippewa. And uh, we have services every Sunday morning at 1015. So if you listen to us on Facebook, you're going to think we're really terrible because we never listen to ourselves on Facebook because we know it's a poor representation. Yeah. The the couple of churches that I, I've belonged to over the years that would that would stream the services, the, the speaking is good. Right. But you cannot balance instruments no, and, and things on that unless you've got, and I've been learning about this, you actually can set up a second soundboard that is mixed just for social media and that works, but that requires a second sound guy. He can't well, do both. Yeah. Things, so and who all has that? Nobody. We have a small <laughs> church. You know, we have yeah. probably 50 to 75 people that come and it's a small church and we have uh, one runs Facebook, one runs uh, the 
the audio board for everything else. And one runs the scriptures on the screen for the sermon. And we don't have extra people to do that. No. Mm -hmm. Well, like Sunday morning, Nancy and I had so much junk in our throats. And poor Ray, he was, so my husband Ray is part of the praise team. Mm -hmm. He's got a great tenor voice. They say he sounds like Pavarotti. Nice. So uh, he really had to take the lead in a lot of songs. And I took the lead in Waymaker. And we, it was, it was so nice. You know, when you go to a small church or in a, in a church that maybe most of the people are over 50 and you want to bring contemporary music into it. Mm -hmm. You have to watch what songs you bring. But on Saturday, we were at an event, an evangelistic event. And the praise team, I knew every song they sang. And we sung those songs. And they were some new, some old. Um, I like to include scripture songs in every set. Because if you can teach people scripture through music, yes. then they learn it. That's how I learned scriptures through music. Scripture through music. Scriptures right. through music. So, I mean, I think that's a success story that our church has is that every Sunday they'll have at least one or two songs that are totally scripture mm -hmm. to music. And they're, they're different. They're from different genres. Uh, and I think another thing is we try to listen to what the people want. If they have song requests, uh, we we listen to what they want. But I was telling you about Sunday. So Nancy and my voice were kind of messed up because mm -hmm. we have all this mucus in our throat and a few of allergies. Uh, I don't have allergies, but boy, this year really got me. Anyway, so poor Ray, he was having to carry a lot of it. And we sang too, of course. And then the speaker went out on stage. Ooh. So that was not cool. So all of those things together and our drummer was sick. So he did not come. So we sang, we did our set and came down and it worked. It all worked out. We didn't die and the people didn't throw tomatoes at us or anything. <laughs> it's always and a plus. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> but I must tell you one thing that's another success that we do. So that was not a plus for our praise team, but we made it through. And the plus was you don't go give up in the middle of a set because things screw up you mm -hmm. know if you think something messes up you don't give up you just keep going and a lot of times the people won't even notice it you will but they won't but if you're a perfectionist like me uh, you uh, will which i am <laughs> yes. yes uh so another success things that we just started about six months ago is we have all the kids come up on stage and use rhythm instruments Ooh. so they use tambourines and they play the rhythm with us for the whole song set. That's so we great. try to vary it so they don't get bored. And uh, they're doing a really good job. And so every Sunday, they know when they come, whether they come in the middle of the praise and worship or the beginning or before, they always come up on stage and they play rhythm and they join our drummer. If our drummer's not there, sometimes you have to uh, stop what you're doing and clap so they get that rhythm back. But they are getting pretty good. At setting That's fantastic. Rhythm. Yeah. So, and it gives them a chance to be a part of the worship because a lot of times kids just sit on their hands during worship. You know how that is. I do. And <laughs> uh, so that's what we've been doing. And then they go to Sunday school after that. That's amazing. To have children involved with the worship service, 
period is awesome. But the fact that you're starting them with rhythm to me is, is pretty special because uh, I, you know, I teach online and uh, teach music online. And one of my favorite inspirational guys is Victor Wooten, bass player. Uh, he started off with um, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones back in the 70s or 80s, and then he's been doing solo work ever since. He's, uh-huh. a, he's a teacher. He's a philosopher, great bassist. And his big thing is that we hear rhythm before we hear notes. And so when he was brought up with his brothers all playing in the, uh, in the living room, uh, playing instruments in the living room, um, him in diapers, they would just sit him on the edge of the couch there and give him a little toy ukulele that didn't do anything, but he would bounce to the music. He would get that internal sense of rhythm first. And then when he was old enough to play something that made uh, musical notes, they gave that to him and he had that internal sense of rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I come from the the opposite way of, I I wasn't raised around drums. You know, I would kind of play with some bands and stuff, but I was not rhythm oriented. And I've been trying to learn that for several years now is to get that a better sense of internal rhythm because I didn't start with that. So the fact that you're starting with rhythm, uh, I think those kids are going to do great as they get older. Yeah. And I have a friend of mine gave me a whole bunch of rhythm instruments when she stopped doing music therapy, she split her instruments with me. So now she does teach in a school again, but uh, I have those rhythm instruments to use and I'm using those on my grandchildren. When we get together, I always do some music with them when they come to my house and we're doing rhythm right now and I'll play either guitar or banjo or keyboard or something like that and let them pick up the rhythm and do that. And our grandson is great on the drums. I mean, he's five and he's just, he's just got that rhythm. The other day I gave him a drum bay to use and he was just like, right on. That's amazing. I want to be there for one of those uh, jam sessions with you. Right. Right. <laughs> that sounds great. <clears throat> uh, you, do you have any funny stories of anything that's happened in your, in your worship team? Um, yeah. When your battery dies in your microphone, you know, and you're singing away, and you can't hear yourself, but you figure everything's okay. And then you're trying to get your praise. You wonder why your praise team doesn't hear you or why, why your praise team isn't quite listening to you and what you're doing. Uh-huh. And then you find out at the end of the church service that your battery went out in your mic. Oh, no. And the guy running the sound couldn't run to the front to get it worked out because he's running the sound. Uh-huh. He's trying to pick up everything, and he didn't have anyone back there with him that day, so he had no choice. So that's kind of a funny story. Another thing is, um, if your if your computer that you're looking at your words with goes out and you forget which song is next, and mm-hmm. because I always have the titles on my little, I have a little. Uh, little bitty computer that I put on the music stand and I always have my titles there in order and the keys. And so if that goes out, uh, I'm in trouble. And usually what'll happen is I'll give my partner, Nancy, who sits, stands to the right of me, a little signal and she'll start uh, mentioning, Hey guys, now we're going to sing da 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 da. So are you ready? Here we go. And then, being a start and I start and then I, we have the keys and then he if he starts it then I can always match the key because I yeah. have the pitch which really helps wow that... pitch is a blessing 
It is. That is. And having uh, a friend come alongside you and be your safety net and to have that trust, well, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we both, we, we work together <clears throat> as a really good team. I mean, she's, she stands next to me and we give each other little signals if we each need each other to do something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that works out and she sings, she's got a great voice. Uh, so we, we make it work, but you know, you just gotta always, the whole thing, I want to encourage you. If you're a worship leader and you feel like you failed one Sunday, don't stop. Just keep going because the beauty of worship is you are there to worship for one and that's Jesus Christ. And yeah. if you're worshiping and thinking about how bad you did or how bad this sounds or why isn't the congregation singing, you're going to lose it every Sunday because none of that ever goes perfectly. One of those things always breaks down. But if you remember, I am worshiping Jesus Christ, the King. I am privileged to lead a team and a congregation to worship into God's presence. Bring them into God's presence where they know who Jesus is. I don't care if they know who I am. They need to know who Jesus is. And every worship set that you do should draw people closer to Jesus. Amen. I couldn't have said it better myself. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today, Judy? Well, I have a couple of worship books that um this the I have two worship books that if you think about reading them, this one I is my favorite, Worship in Heaven and Why on Earth Do We Do That? by Tom Kreuter. That's K-R-A-E-U-T-E-R, -E -E Tom Kreuter. And he is a worship leader at his church and he does a lot of training in worship. And I just, he's from Jefferson County, and uh, that's a really good book. Now, this other one, this is Christian Survival Guide from a Worship Drummer's Perspective, and that's by Lawrence Mintz, M-I-N-T-Z. And he's been a drummer at uh, churches all over the area for many years. And so he wrote this book, and it's got some pretty good stuff in it, too. So those are the two books that I might recommend to you. That's great. Let's end it with what would be five of your favorite worship songs and when, and how do they speak to you? Uh, well, I love goodness of God. You know, it just, it's an earthy song with a heavenly minded meaning. Uh, it's, it just really lets you sing out no matter how you feel. Um, I like Waymaker because of the message. Mm -hmm. I like great is thy faithfulness because God's faithful no matter who you are and what you do he is our faithful and he's our rock I like I go to the rock of my salvation I go because it's got a snappy beat and it's it's got a real message to it mm -hmm. um, and it hits a different audience style let me see is that three you want two more you know, I lost count. <laughs> I, I think it was four. Um, okay, let's see. Um, and and I really like, I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. And if we can get that into our heart and realize that there is no one like the Lord, as we put our him first in our lives, we can count on him and depend on him 
And it gives us a heart of praise to worship him for who he is, what he can do, and how he loves our praise and worship. Amen. Well, Judy, this has been a real pleasure. Um, we're definitely going to get together and do some jamming. And... Right. Sounds great. I'm in. So you have a great day. Thank you.